Hi friends, and welcome to Do The Damn Thing. I'm your host, Lauren LaRue. I'm an entrepreneur, a lifestyle coach, and a content creator for my brand, LaRue. And if you're here today, it's because you're ready to elevate your lifestyle, live more intentionally, and achieve your dreams. And you found just the right place to do so. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Do The Damn Thing podcast and part two of Conquering the Fear of Failure. I also want to start this episode by apologizing if the sound sounded weird in the first 18 minutes of the first episode. It's because I realized my mic wasn't connected. So good job, Lauren. (laughs) But I'm really excited to dive into this week and this episode. So last week we talked about the where and why of failure, why the fear of failure exists in our lives and where the fear manifests itself. And we also talked a little bit about the zone of genius and I shared some personal experiences with you guys about where this has manifested in my own life. So this week we're going to continue under the context of the who, what, when, where, why, and of course the how. This week, we're going to talk about what allows us to perpetuate the fear of failure in our lives and when does the fear of failure keep us from change. And of course, we'll end on the overarching question of how do we overcome or conquer our fear of failure? What allows us to perpetuate the fear of failure in our lives? We talked about remaining secure in our comfort zones, and I definitely want to expand on this idea and continue to talk about it. So there are certain times when the comfort zone, like I said last week, is certainly appropriate. If we have change in one area of our life, we don't want to make changes in every area of our life. That can become very overwhelming. That be, that can become just a lot. So if you are maybe changing your job, it might not be the best idea to think about like, okay, I want to move across the country in two weeks. Like, <laughs> of course not. So When you're experiencing great change and great shifts in one aspect of your life, I would certainly like to think that it's good for us to focus on that big change because when we cause a lot of change, it gives us a lot of room, of course, for potential success, but more often than not, our fear of failure is going to persist itself. And once all of this change begins to happen, that's where the self-sabotage comes in and it becomes too overwhelming. So we sabotage some of that change or even all of that change to remain stagnant and remain secure in our comfort zones. We have to get comfortable in what may have just happened or what may be changing in the moment. So like I said, a promotion, maybe you're moving, maybe you just bought something really big like a new house or a new car. Get comfortable with those things before you see yourself changing every single aspect of your life. Unless you are so deep in the thought of I I have to change everything in my life, like I, I am unhappy in everything right now then I don't think that's probably the best idea. If you are in that headspace, I would encourage you to do what I did. Listen, go back and listen to the first episode and make that list that I've talked about of all of the things you can change in your life and all of the things that are potentially out of your control. So what you can change is your job. You can apply for several jobs and do all of that, but you're not really in the decision-making chair of do you actually get the jobs you apply for? When you think about these things, really break them down. What are you absolutely in control of and what are you not? And then take that list of can controls and start taking action on all of those things. Maybe small action, big action, whatever you feel compelled to do. But once you've gotten like a new change in your life, give yourself time to adjust. And once it becomes the thing that you are comfortable with, give that comfortability some time. Give it time to grow 
just because you're comfortable somewhere doesn't mean you aren't actually learning or gaining knowledge or gaining opportunities. But like I said in the last podcast, it's certainly important for us to realize where the comfortability has become too comfortable and there is no more room for growth or potential opportunity or potential change. And so that's when we have to realize, okay, maybe it's time for me to step back from this and take action and make changes. So there's a certain amount of time to stay in that new comfort zone before the security morphs into a ceiling we're afraid to shatter and it morphs again into a fear of failure. Obviously, that timeline is going to look different for everyone and everything that you're doing. You know, I wouldn't say you need to be moving every year. (laughs) If you are, you know, that's amazing. I'm sure so many people would love to be doing that and experiencing that travel and that opportunity. But I would say, you know, once you move, like for me, when I move to New York, I certainly plan on staying there for quite some time. So I need to get comfortable with that before I can make shifts in my life. Like maybe I want to move and get comfortable in New York again before I actually like start dating or things like that. That's very personal, but (laughs) I'm sharing. So we perpetuate the fear of failure in our lives in the form of questioning our worthiness and then devaluing ourselves and our skills, which only grows when we don't work on healing and obviously growing. So when we look at our lives and we see this potential for big change or we see this potential for success coming and we think, oh my gosh, am I really worthy of that success? Going back to that money reference I made in the first podcast where you're potentially making like $100,000 right now and then let's say a huge promotion comes into your lap and it's a potential for $250,000 income and what you have to do is let's just say your boss says if you want this promotion you know go through the interview process but I'm also going to task you with this really big project maybe you self-sabotage yourself in that big project and you don't do it right you don't put on all your effort and you don't give it your all because you're scared of that potential new position. You're scared of that, all of that change that comes with taking on a bigger income and taking on a bigger position or role at a company. Once we realize that the fear of failure is happening, and it's not, again, I'll say, it's not that we're consciously thinking, I am scared of failing, so therefore X, Y, and Z, I will self-sabotage. No, that's definitely not what I think most people go through. It's that we see and fear the potential change, whether it be a failure or success, and then we think, okay, well, that sounds very uncomfortable, so I'm going to stay in my comfort zone, therefore I self-sabotage. So again, If it's, like I said, very easy example with a promotion coming to you and you just have to do this one big project, maybe you don't do that project well. So the fear of success or the fear of failure keeps us from that great change because, again, this goes back to the overwhelming concept of I do not believe I'm worthy of this change or of this success. And again, therefore, that's when the self-sabotage comes in. And I'll say this again, this isn't usually something we're doing consciously. We're not thinking, okay, well, I don't feel worthy of this result, so I'm going to do these things to keep me from that result rather than just conquering that fear and working on your development and thought of I am worthy. And I'll say this along with the worthiness concept. I highly recommend you go listen to Haley Hoffman Smith's podcast, The Worthiness Wound. It is an incredible, incredible podcast. It's two episodes and it's talking about how we can begin to heal our worthiness wound. It is so beautifully well put, definitely goes hand in hand with this concept of fear of success and fear of failure. 
what I'd like to do is walk you guys through a potential exercise that you can do to determine where you are self-sabotaging and where your fear of failure or fear of success may be manifesting. So take a moment, ask yourself where this form of self-sabotage may have existed in your past and what excuse did you put in place for the fear of failure? So when I say excuse, I mean, you know, you saw a potential opportunity coming your way and you thought, hmm, no, I'm too lazy. I don't have enough time for that. Time isn't right. Those are the excuses I'm talking about. That is definitely a form of self-sabotage. And we think to ourselves subconsciously, certainly, that you're not worthy for that desired result. So you say, oh, nope, the time's not right. I'll do that in a year. So what excuse is keeping you from trying without even potential for success? You're not even giving yourself that space and that room for success because you're only seeing the ways that you can fail. This is certainly how the fear of failure manifests itself into our present lives and in a very real way. We see things either potentially going very badly or going even too well, and we immediately think something bad will happen to counteract all of the good. We, I think every single person has experienced this in their lives. You know, we are very accustomed to the day-to-day, I would say maybe trauma that happens in the world. Let's face it, the world is not all rainbows and butterflies. It has the potential for that, I think. I'd like to think so. That's definitely a very like Deepak Chopra idea and very Abraham Hicks camp, but that's not the reality that we live in. If you watch the news every single day, it is very washed with trauma and I would say instilling a fear in us, it can become difficult to have that optimism. So when we experience a lot of things going really well in our lives, and I've been in this situation so many times where I think, okay, my friendships are going really well, maybe I'm dating, school's going great, work's going great, all of these things are just going so well, maybe this new opportunity came into my lap, and now I'm thinking immediately, I wake up one morning and my thought is that, all of this is going too well, something bad is bound to happen to me. Like I'm too happy right now. And I think everyone has experienced that moment in their lives where you're in this mindset of too much is going too well and that's not possible. But let me tell you, there is an abundance of potentiality in this world and the potential for success is infinite. So if we get ourselves beyond that mindset of too well means something bad must happen, we are surrounding ourselves in this abundance mindset where the success is infinite and there are no ceilings that we cannot shatter. This certainly goes back to when I graduated. If you, again, I referenced this in the last podcast, I think twice. If you haven't listened to that first episode, I highly recommend you do so because this is very much the mindset I was in. I was on my way to graduation. I was doing what I thought was really well. Looking back, I certainly wasn't. But I was on my way to graduation. I was interning at my dream job. Then I was promised a job after I graduated. And I went home for a week. And then I went to Wisconsin for a week to visit my family. And I hadn't heard from the job. So obviously I became worried and I started contacting them and I started getting things done. And I finally get back to New York after two weeks of post-grad and I find out basically in a very abrupt way that that job is no longer available and that if I want to work there, I have to apply for jobs. And I was terrified. I was overwhelmed and I was so angry. And then as you guys know, if you have listened to that episode, that whole summer was applying for jobs. I was in 
incredibly depressed. I was experiencing my, my panic attacks again. And then the end of the summer comes and my birthday comes, which is, it was the same birthday that my brother had passed away on. He, he had been 22 when he died and I was turning 22. So that thought was really overwhelming to me. And then my uncle died. And then I found out I needed major knee surgery. And in a matter of three weeks, I moved home. So that's the very, very short version. But all of the things in my final senior semester had been going so incredibly well. I was writing my honors thesis. I had incredible friendships. I had just an amazing life in New York as to what I thought. And then all of a sudden, that summer literally tore every single aspect of that happiness into shreds. I became a shell of a human being and I don't ever want to be in that spot again. But I think it's because I was in that mindset of things are going way too well. Something is going to happen as if I already hadn't been through enough. All of that stuff happened. So we get ourselves in the mindset that if too much is going too good, something has to go wrong. Something bad will happen. And I actually want to tell you guys about a very intimate story in my life. Um, I don't think I've ever really shared much of this scenario with anyone, but I felt that it was a really good example of this. When I was a freshman in college, um, this was a couple of weeks before my brother passed away, I was working my very first fashion week and it was an incredible experience. I was having the most amazing time. I was working with a personal stylist who was styling celebrities for the shows and then styling some of the shows. She was such an amazing woman. She was so smart, so good at what she did. And she took me on without really any experience in the field, just knowing that I, I really had a passion for fashion. <laughs> she knew that I had a passion for fashion. I can't say that without laughing. <laughs> so anyways, I was working with a stylist and I worked with her a week before fashion week. I worked with her during fashion week. And then I worked with her after on a bunch of photo shoots and celebrity things and things of that nature. And it was just so, so much fun. But anyways, I was in school. Things were going so well in school. I was loving college. I was living in New York. Like, come on, let's be real. I was just having the time of my life. I was like 18 and I was doing great. And this was about actually right around the time of my brother's birthday. He passed away two weeks after. So I would say it was it was very close to my brother's death. And I was in the middle of fashion week and Chrisana, the stylist I was working for, told me, okay, I need you to run to X, Y, and Z, get all of these things for the show tonight and come back at this time and we have to be ready to go to the show. So I was running around Manhattan like a chicken with my head cut off and it was the February fashion week. So it was still really cold in Manhattan and, you know, I'm, I'm dressed. I had to be in all black. I'm dressed to like what I would consider the nines when I was 18 and I was doing great. And I was just reveling in this moment. I was like, I am on my way. I was on my way to a major fashion house. I can't remember which one, but I was on my way to walk into their showroom. I was going to grab a bunch of couture fashion. Like I was thriving, you guys. I was doing great. And I remember thinking how amazing this was. Like I woke up in the city that I consider like the most beautiful place in the world. I went to class. I got my knowledge in for the day. Then I met with Krasana and her assistant and we had like a bunch of run throughs and then I had to go get stuff. Like I was just having an amazing day. And then I was walking in Midtown West and like I said, it was winter still. And apparently there had been a photo shoot 
on the building that I was passing, about to pass. I was crossing a sidewalk. So I'm in the middle of the street and it's a busy sidewalk. There are people in front of me, people crossing next to me. And all of a sudden I heard this big shatter. And then this woman in front of me, um, I guess I'll just say a trigger warning potentially. I don't know. This is a lot to hear. Um, This woman in front of me, after I heard this loud shatter, turned around and was completely bloody. She had been sliced open by glass. There was a glass table on the top of that building that had become so frozen from the cold that it shattered from the pressure of the like ice and the cold. And the glass went everywhere. It flew off the top of the ceiling of the building and it literally sliced her face open. And I remember feeling my heart sink to my stomach out of me. I was incapacitated. I didn't know what was going on. And of course, the first thought I had was to help this woman. I began helping her and there was just so much blood. (laughs) Again, sorry to get into such gory detail, but I remember this moment in my life very, very clearly. I'm helping this woman. I had to call her husband who was on his way to work and tell him, your wife has been in an accident. You need to meet her at this hospital. To this day, I do not know who this woman is. I do not know her name. I do not know if she turned out to be okay. And that haunts me a lot because if I had been two feet in front of myself at that moment, that would have been me. And I think the reason obviously for me telling you guys this story is that was a sign from the universe. That was my fear of success, fear of failure manifesting itself into my life. I was so afraid of all of the happiness that I felt in those coming days and those days that had just passed that I felt the need to get a sign that life is certainly not all rainbows and butterflies. And these are the things that happen on random days at random times. And it happened two feet in front of me. I was holding this woman's hand, telling her, promising her that it was going to be okay. And that was a promise that I certainly couldn't hold. I, it wasn't up to me. It was up to doctors to help her. I went home, I was in a white blazer, and I was covered in blood. I went back to the dorms, and I just sobbed. I sobbed. And I don't really talk about that a lot, because it was so close to my brother's death. Like, I don't, it it was just like, that, that was the time for me. That was the time that was defined in my life, was losing my brother. And so I don't talk about that experience a lot. But it was horrifying. It was terrifying. And I certainly look back on it and think that, It was a way of me sabotaging myself, thinking things are too good right now, that no one experiences life this happy. And then she happens. And then, of course, my brother died. So when if that's if that's not enough for us to think that we can think that we are too happy, it is so untrue. I've realized now, you know, and of course, I'm going to be happy on incredibly happy on days. And there are things that are going to happen. There are bad things that are going to happen. But I, I don't want to say I let because obviously losing my brother, I mean, there's no way to get around the emotions of that. But I will say that I did certainly let the emotions of my brother's loss and the things that happened around that time persist in my life in a way of fear of failure and fear of success. And I'm so disappointed in myself that I allowed that to happen rather than just addressing those emotions when I should have and I didn't. And I waited like four years to finally sit my ass down and sit myself down and think, 
okay, you know, maybe it's time to address these emotions because you're getting nowhere. And you could have gone somewhere, but now you're not. And now that fear of failure has manifested itself into my life so strongly that I found ways to create chaos in my life that didn't allow for success. So that is my second story on the fear of failure. I shared with you guys all the stuff about the pageants and the way it turned into a success. I would say that the story of this woman and obviously my brother certainly didn't turn into a fear of success until much later in my life. But, you know, I, I think I was able to realize the trauma of those experiences were in some way, I certainly don't want to accredit all of it to just me. Like obviously things happen in the world, like I said, and we have no control over them. I couldn't in any really way help this woman except offer her comfort. And obviously I had no control in the situation with my brother. But I also think in a way we allow these fears to manifest themselves in our lives, either really small or really, really big. And we take on that fear as a responsibility to not move forward in our lives as a sign and as a way of telling ourselves these things happened, therefore I cannot reach that success. So I hope all of that makes sense. I think I've answered the kind of who, what, when, where, why. And now I very much so want to talk to you guys about the how. Like I said, our overwhelming overarching question is how do we overcome or conquer our fear of failure so also I actually realized I didn't talk about really the who to very quickly answer that it's all of us and I want to kind of lean on the gay Hendrix term of our upper limit problem we all have upper limits we all have ceilings and anything beyond those is beyond our comfort zone where we don't feel secure So that's the who is obviously just I think everyone at some point in their lives sees a ceiling that it's too high, too far away on this pedestal. We cannot shatter it. Therefore, our upper limit problems, our fear of failure, fear of success connects and therefore we don't want to move forward. So moving on to the how, how do we overcome or conquer our fear of failure? To be very short with this answer and to be very frank, we at all times in our lives are going to face a potential for failure. Instead of running from that failure, fearing the potential for failure, we need to face potential failure without what I think is expectation energy. I've talked about this before, but I want to frame it in this context. So to go back to the example of the job and the potential promotion you receive We, let's just say our boss approaches us and says, hey, there's this new opportunity available. I think you'd be really great for it. I would really like you to interview and maybe take on this project. Let's see how it goes. And if it all goes well, this promotion and this income is yours. And we immediately apply all of these expectations to that potential. It's not even finite yet. It's a potential income, potential job opportunity, and we apply all of these expectations to it. Either you're the optimist and you apply an expectation energy of success, or you're potentially a pessimist and you apply the expectation energy of failure to it. Or I think a lot of people are somewhere in between. We go back and forth. We face these up and downs. And one day we think I'm going to be this great success. And another day we think it's going to be this huge failure. Instead We need to look at opportunities as all learning engagements. Take away the expectation. Take away the opportunity at the end. Get rid of that tunnel vision of 
success or failure, one versus the other. And instead, look at all of the ways we can learn and grow in between A to Z. There is a whole slew of alphabetical letters in between A and Z. And those are all of our opportunities to learn, to grow, to change within ourselves. And instead, like I said, we just look at this end result and kind of graze over. I've talked about this before, this like awkward timeline we look at opportunities with we're where we are now and then we look at the expectation for the end I'm using air quotes end and then we look at all of the again like I said b to what's the letter before z why is it why yeah why okay <laughs> um okay so we look at our timeline and so we're at where we are now and then we look at the end result and then we look at b to y so we have our a to z and we just give it this expectation energy And once we apply that expectation energy, it is almost certain that something will fall short of that expectation. Whether it's failure, whether it's success, nothing goes exactly the way we always want it to. Literally nothing in our lives. So if we go into this with such high expectation energy of I am going to fail or I am going to succeed, you are likely to fail at a greater potential than you even thought you could. And if you go into this with, I am going to succeed, you're taking away the potential for failure, which is amazing, but you're not giving yourself space, I think, to learn as much as you could had you failed maybe once or twice at something. So I know that sounds kind of wonky in the timeline I put it, but failure, I think, is such a healthy gift in the essence of learning from mistakes learning to grow and become even more of a success. You guys have heard me talk about failure so many times. I've talked about it so much on the blog in the sense that I believe success means so much more had you failed once or twice before that or however many times and you kept pulling yourself up, you kept wiping off the dirt and the fears and the the crap that we all go through on a day to day and decided I'm trying again, I'm trying again, I have to try again because the potential for success is there and we fear failure on such a great level that If it happens once, we take ourselves out of the game immediately instead of looking at ways we can learn, looking at ways we can grow, applying that knowledge, turning it into application, and then becoming the success we all know we're capable of becoming. So I think that it allows us this opportunity to try again. And when we see that opportunity, this goes back to, I've mentioned this before, I feel like this is a very like flight or fight moment. When we decide, am I going to run away in fear of the failure again or potential fear of amazing success or am I going to fight? Am I going to take this failure? Am I going to turn it into knowledge, turn it into application and try again? And I think it's very, I think it's a very black and white scenario. It's you, you really do make one, one of two of those decisions and it becomes this canon into the way the rest of your life unfolds. If you would deny yourself one incredible opportunity, it changed the way the rest of your life will unfold. And I do believe, I I am someone who believes that we cannot deter ourselves from our greatest destiny if it is available to us. So if you are someone who believes in this, I don't know, depending on like maybe religious values or faith values, wherever you stand, if you are someone who believes that your greatest destiny is a potential for you and you cannot deter yourself from that destiny, only elongate maybe the journey to get there, then denying that failure and denying that potential for success 
is just a way for you to, again, like I said, kind of elongate that journey. But you know that the scenario will maybe become available to you again. But if you don't believe in those things and you believe that, you know, life just kind of unfolds on a day to day and you take the fear of failure and you do the flight mode and you run away from all the potential failure, therefore the potential for success, then I think you're keeping yourself very much so within the confines of your security and safety and comfort zone. I think a big part of this as well, and we've talked about, I I mentioned, you know, it's not just a fear of failure, but we end up becoming fearful of judgment, disappointment, scarcity, lack of security, and our worthiness, whether we believe we are worthy or not. It turns into this way for us to deny our vulnerability in these situations. So we become so fearful of that potential failure or even, again, that potential for success that we we push down our emotions because we're not only just scared of that failure, but we're scared of all of the other things that may happen with it. Instead, what we should be doing is embracing those emotions, embracing that vulnerability and reach out to people that can help you, friends, people in your field, network, reach out in ways that can broaden that opportunity for you, broaden that and widen that scope for success. And most importantly, if you are listening to these podcasts and you're nodding your head and thinking, oh yes, I've done this before, I could do it again, I am scared of success, I am scared of failure, the most important work we can all do is the mindset work. We have to shift our confidence in ourselves. We have to work on bettering our relationships with ourselves. And we have to work on building our understanding for what we are inherently worthy of, which is our success and our greatest potential for our destiny. This You can do this. I've talked about all of these so many times by practicing EFT, meditation, affirmations, Put in the work to shift your confidence. So when you do break a ceiling in your life, the next one isn't daunting, but rather maybe a challenge you're ready to tackle. And that is what I have for you guys on the fear of failure and therefore the fear of success. Thank you so, so much for listening to part two, part one, and all of the above. Thank you, uh, as always, for listening to the Do The Damn Thing podcast in general. Head over to the blog, laurenlarue.com for more amazing content. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, please share this with a friend if it resonated with you or you think it will resonate with them. And I will see all of you beautiful souls next week.